A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's going on? That's the second time it's gone off. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. It might have taken 134 years, but the GA has finally stumbled upon the perfect structure for the Munster Hurling Championship. Hello and welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Podcast. Hi Murph. Hello there, Owen. Hi Ken. Hi Owen, how are you? I'm very good, Ken. I hope you're well as well. Halftime Tipperary yesterday. Halftime Tipperary versus Limerick in Limerick, I should say. Yeah. I could hear from my comfortable couch many miles away here in Dublin, Murph, mm-hmm. the sound of knives being sharpened. In particular, the knife of Tomás Mulcahy. On the Sunday game live team, <laughs> I did notice that the first thing he said was a bit like a league game. Yeah, he said there's not enough intensity. He had stated his opposition in advance of the match to the structure, uh, uh, to the new structure. He said at halftime there wasn't enough intensity; that it was more like a league match because of the new round robin. He may have missed the build up to the Tipperary goal in the first half that involved two blockdowns and three sho- shoulder hits mm. that left me shoulder assault. Shoulder yeah. assaults, exactly, yeah. Mm. But Limer came through that second half to spring a surprise and throw the tournament wide open. Cork and Clare followed up with what I thought was a really good game. Both matches, a reminder that you've got a competition here with five even more evenly matched teams than we might have thought going into things. Yes, uh, yesterday's results suggested that completely. they're even more even than we thought they Any were. of them could win it. Any of them could finish outside the top three and therefore be knocked out of the championship before the All-Ireland Series. So if anything, I think we're going to see more intensity as teams, in this case, Tip in particular, realise we're in danger of not even getting a shot at the All-Ireland here. We yeah. might only have a provincial championship unless we can get into that top three. So I like it, Murph. It's only one week in, but uh, all you opponents, all you purists can mm. put the daggers back into the holster there. Yeah. Is that where daggers are held? Scabbards. What do you call me? <laughs> the, uh, but this is it. <laughs> ah, that was good. Top-level sport does, own try very hard to ensure that this doesn't happen. That a ton of really good teams in a league format all of equal ability play each other with the possibility that two of them don't proceed in the in said championship. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Champions League, the Rugby World Cup, the Soccer World Cup, it's all about uh, keeping teams as far apart as possible for as long as possible. It's like you're getting straight to the Champions League knockout stage. Yeah. But well, playing it in league format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is. I mean, I, I've been a, a massive fan of it just because... Something like different. Something different try. for a start. Yeah. Also, I mean, I was talking to someone this morning and they were saying oh, the crowds weren't great. I mean, really, 24,000 for Cork and Clare is pretty good by the standards of last year's Munster oh, Championship. Yeah. 
tw- you know, 21,000, I think, in Limerick, which is fine. I mean, it's not so far below the average that you'd be questioning the thing right off the bat. I mean, and I, I just, I, I fail to see any downside to it. I mean, as you say, the idea that they don't even get to, you know, compete for the All-Ireland Championship. Well, they are. Like, they're playing four games. You know, this is the whole thing. You know, people are saying, well, you know, some of these teams are going to be out by the middle of June. Well, I mean... Not not if they win a couple of games. Yeah. And, you know, if they are gone by the middle of June, I mean, we're not all so young that we can forget the fact that just 20 years ago, this was a straight knockout. You know, so... Getting to the middle of June was an achievement back in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, probably meant that you'd won two games. So... This is it. I mean, we're in the middle of it now, and I, you know, it's only going to get better. I mean, you look at next week as well, and already it's Cork against Tipperary, Galway against Kilkenny are the games on. It, it, next the week. structure suits the Munster Championship in particular, yeah, because in Leinster clearly there's a bit of a difference between the top couple of teams and the rest. Whereas in in Munster it is so even that yeah. it really kind of my poor father is trying to decide between Clare and Waterford in yeah. Cusick Park and Galway and Kilkenny in Pierce Stadium and Salt Hill. Well, I'm sorry, Galway, but you reckon Clare Waterford is a clear well, he's a Waterford man. Well, he's only a yeah, but I mean, on the other hand, I love me county. Half an hour closer to his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to take in. that into account as well. Old. Michael Dagnan and Owen Kelly are going to be on hurling chat today. Murphy you should enjoy Ken's in studio presence while you can here, because for the rest of the well, week, I always do. Owen. Yeah, but even more so because he's off on his travels. There's a voice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Sorry, mate. That's actually my seat. What you think doesn't really matter. Seems an annoying to watch. What do I say in the word tosser? Well, what's next for you? What's next for Hathaway? <laughs> what a boy you are. <laughs> What's next for Hathaway? Liverpool play Real Madrid. No, no, what's next for well, you? What's next for you? What's next for Hathaway? Yeah, right now, myself and Dr. Alban, we've got a track on the market called I Love the 90s. It's doing very well in Scandinavia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big in Scandinavia, uh, Dr. Alban. You can try all you like, Ken. It's not going to get any two better apart- than that. Two apartments in Innsbruck, he said. <laughs> you don't buy that with Monopoly money, Ken. <laughs> Liverpool play Real Madrid Sweet. in the Champions League final. You fly to Kiev tomorrow, Ken? Yeah. You're aware of the game? It's not on Wednesday nights anymore. They're Saturday nights now, the Champions League. Fun. You're oh, really? emigrating yeah. to Kiev. <laughs> You're emigrating for a Champions League game. Look, I'm going to Kiev. Uh, it's a little early in the week, but it's a long trip and I need to acclimatize. There's a time zone difference. Of course. Two hours. <laughs> yeah. And Vicious jet lag to recover from, I'm sure. Uh, and yeah, well, that, that was just the way that it worked out when I was booking it on. I mean, it could have... Uh, I could have uh, booked a couple of business class flights, getting in on the, or, you know, Friday morning and Thursday evening, stayed at one of the city's most expensive hotels, mm. charged it all to you, Owen. <laughs> uh, but I, instead, I decided to try and do this in the, the economical way. And actually, the longer you stay, the cheaper it gets. And the more Ken Erdy and KF that we have. Indeed. Uh, on the World Service. I mean, so. it, it's just so a chance for you to more um, fully immerse yourself. In the Ukrainian way of life. Yeah. And I, I, for one, applaud your dedication to that cause. Thanks, Kieran. Liverpool vs. Real Madrid. Coverage right through the week on the World Service. Secondcaptains.com. Soccer is popular. Soccer is popular. Don't worry, we'll get on to Russia after 
Ukraine. We're going to have daily World Cup shows, but let's worry about the Champions League for the time being. It's five or a month to sign up and second capsule.com for the World Service. Mm. Yeah, it's just week after week behind the Iron Curtain for Ken Early. <laughs> after one round of the Munster Championship, I think we can say the round robin has been an unqualified success. Michael Dyglin, what do you think? Uh, early early days, but yeah. Look, I, I we we had all the cliches last week. I suppose all of it's very hard to call. Uh, to me, and I said it last uh, last Friday morning, and I was thinking about it last week. It's probably I can't remember a time when Munster Hurling was so strong. It had five top counties that actually all have such like if you look, Cork were the champions last year. Waterford have were in the final last year. Tipperary have been. There, thereabouts. Limerick come with a great team, and Clare were champions back in thirteen. Okay, maybe a little bit disappointing since, but in a very strong state. So it's a massively competitive championship, and um, you know, I thought I wasn't surprised Limerick won. I, I, I did fancy them. I thought Tipperary in the league final. Um, I, it was just a reaction to them losing. They were sort of blaming the players they didn't have. I, I think that's always a dodgy thing. Back to Cody again, he comes into every chat, but you never hear him talking about the players he doesn't have. He's only talking about the players he does have. And, you know, a lad trying to make the Tipperary team, they might be missing four or five, but he should be a top player. And uh, they were making excuses, not settled at three and six. I think Parik Maher is better at seven. And um, so they were, they were there for the taking. And, and Limerick have been very progressive. And it, I, I actually think Limerick have the strongest panel in the country. I think they're the strongest, strongest party. Panel, yeah. I think they're the strongest panel, yeah. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean they're starting team, but you know, in terms of this round robin having matches coming hot and fast, I think they've a lot of options. I think they've a lot of players at the one level. Um, whether to have the three or four superstars that you really need mm. to get you over the line to win another, like any team that's ever won another has a few exceptions. We, can, we you know, we, uh, we we know who they are over the years. So, um, but they are they're they're working progress and and. Um, and Cork, again, I fancied Cork in, in Parky Cueve. And I was just saying to you before we came on there that the league playoff against Waterford, I, you know, they, had a, they had a disappointing enough league, but I think Kieran Kingston going was disappointing to them. I think you know he had set a certain tone down there, a way of managing, and John Myler would be a different per- personality. I'd know both of them, and John Myler would be more maybe old school or whatever. It took maybe a little bit of time to adapt, but you could see that sort of determination that Myler has in their back play particularly yes I yeah. thought much more aggressive uh, we know all about their forwards we know about their midfield if it's given and their class forwards but their backs were, were to me were very impressive attacking the ball hitting hard um, and, uh, and and yet Clare were right there to the death so yeah I thought overall a very good start Well Owen Kelly's listening to this own Michael Dignan saw this coming for a tip I felt Limerick were going to win the game did you see it coming? I, I would have had to be honest with you and I was doing a piece for Sunday World and I said how Limerick had a great chance. Um, and I think in Tipperary supporter circles, when we heard the team on Friday night, I think you know a lot of Tipperary people were expecting Tip uh, not to come out with a victory on, on Sunday. It was more hoping that we would, and maybe we're hoping that we'd finish the game with a stronger team. Bonner Maher, Seamus Canlon, Brendan Maher to come off the bench. you know. But I think mentality-wise, it was like the damage was nearly done with Tip supporters, and it looked like that definitely fed into the the Tiberi team in the performance that they gave so um, you know it was it was very disappointing but look I suppose it's a pattern with Tipperary in league finals when they kind of haven't got a full 70 minute performance the first round seems to follow suit and uh, you know it puts it puts the Tipperary team in an awkward position going in playing Cork next weekend Yeah Owen this is a this is a bit of a recurring team as you say and Tipperary people and that's the players management but also the supporters don't seem to react very well to League final defeats, as you say, or championship defeats, and this is obviously a pretty sore one again. Yesterday, is there a chance that the sort of the the public out backlash to two bad displays affects their build up to Cork next week? Basically, what I'm saying is, 
Tip usually have two or three weeks where they're fighting amongst themselves after big defeats. But they usually have those two or three weeks without a game to play. And this time around, they've two games to play, basically. And their championship could be over in the time it takes for them to recover from, from a defeat like yesterday's. Yeah, there's two things I, I, I look at here now. And I really would, and I suppose I've never made this before. I'd be looking for the Tiberi supporters to really rally around this team now this week and next weekend and come in their droves to Simple Stadium next weekend because, you know, there's no point in getting the knives out. And, you know, because they're still a good team. There's still plenty of hurlers. Right, we've done a bit of chopping and changing. We weren't as settled as Limerick, would you believe it or not? We got to the league final as settled as Limerick coming into the game. Limerick seemed to have a more settled team about them. Right, if it didn't go Limerick's way yesterday at home, which was a big advantage, they would have been called for John Kiley and the Napierty players, where were the Napierty players. But for Tip now, it's time that I suppose ex-players, supporters, really rally behind the team for next weekend and come in their droves to support them. And I think it actually couldn't come any sooner. Um, I think a week is perfect. Right, Michael Ryan has cut off the media. I probably disagree with that. I think he should have came out. It's part of your duties as a manager. Spoke to the media, bad performers today. Shut the door then for the week and really come with a siege mentality to Simple Stadium next weekend because, like, as players, you know what I mean? The one thing after bad performers, you want to get out and play again and it's coming soon. Six, seven days, six days time now, you're in a heat of a monster championship battle in your home patch in Semple Stadium after Cork coming last year and beating you there. So for me, that's the two things. I think the game couldn't come any sooner for these players. Now, I think you'll have your shaky moments next again, but ultimately I think Tip will get over the line and uh, bring a bit of physicality and a bit more, we'll say, structured game plan at the back to counteract, we'll say, the space that Limerick had there last yesterday and that Cork seemed to have there 12 months ago as well. So, you know, I, I'd hope that's the way the Tipperary people react to it, to be honest. Michael, if you were a Tipperary supporter, would you take Owen's call to arms there on board? <laughs> well, I'm not, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, only joking. Um, look, I think Owen is right. I think they do need something. I, um, I was just thinking last week, I, like, I would have been sort of saying Tip and Galway at a, a few weeks ago, and then the more I start looking at Tip, I'm starting to think, will they even get out of Munster? Because um, I just think, Owen, that... A lot of the lads have an awful lot of mileage and they look to be stale enough uh, or they're injured. Uh, you know, Shane McCallan obviously has a serious enough... He's back, but he, he's been and, out. And just to remind people, out, out of the five teams, the bottom two are out of the championship. They bottom, don't get a shot at the All-Ireland. No, they're gone, right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so look, it's... Um, obviously, in the context of next Sunday, it's massive for Tip if they lose that, they're under serious pressure. But, you know, I would have normally come in here today and said, look, I expect Tip to bounce back next week. But I'm not sure they will. Um, Bonner Maher... Uh, has been out and on. Uh, Noel McGrath has been out injured. Shamey Callan, and you're looking at these lads to come back and do it again. But it's at the back, I think, to have their biggest problems. Um, like uh, very unsettled across the half back line, even the full back line. Carl Barrett out again was a loss. Obviously, James Barry's confidence is gone, and the way those Cork forwards were were going, and Cork love coming to Semple Stadium. So it's, I think it's a really really tough week. Um, maybe that's behind Mick Ryan's thing. I, look, I know Mick and all knows him well. He's a great, you know, a sound man, and it. it it's it's probably just pure temper and frustration that came out in him yesterday, and um, there's no more determined Tipperary man than Mick Ryan. Um, but the players now have to have to show it, and it, to me, they just looked like maybe a lot of years near the top. You know, won a couple of All Irelands, maybe didn't win as much as they should have won, and maybe just the time is up for this team. Yeah, well, see, a couple of things that are, I find interesting there. People are looking at the fact that the team that ended like four subs from fifty minutes on: Brendan Maher, Jamie Callan, Bonner Maher. You know, like these are you know some of the best hurlers we've seen in the last five or six years. But 
as you're saying it there, instead of saying, you know, Michael Ryan has to go with these guys, maybe he's seeing that staleness. You know, like, that's not something that I would... I would say play them because they're your heroes and they've, they're the ones that won you the Ireland two years ago and without them you're a weaker team but maybe that's what he's seeing that staleness that you're referring to there and he has no option you know like, like as a, as when I heard the Tipperary team I thought is he overthinking this is he thinking right we've got to play it four times in four weeks therefore we have to freshen up the team with all these young lads you know like I, I kind of thought that was the only way that you could explain it but maybe that's Maybe he felt he had no choice, given what you're saying there. Yeah, well, we don't know. Well, the, the disappointing thing there was you're going into the Gaelic grounds. Like the best of Tipperary teams have struggled to come out of the Gaelic grounds. Like it's it's a daunting place to go. Like you know what I mean? And especially Limerick, they're going so well. We'll say on the back of a good league, beat Galway up to to one A next year. So you'd probably like to start with a bit more experience. We'll say we had five debutants. You know that's a lot. That is a lot going into the Gaelic grounds with Limerick on a high, and Limerick coming with a game plan with a system of play where they just bring out their half forward line there's loads of space inside and that was that was noticeable in the league semi-final so I don't think we learned anything from the league semi-final they had acres of space again yes and they tried off their inside line and I think that's what Michael is saying the structurally at the back we need to get structured now because Cork last year ran us right as well okay Cork have the legs on us we've seen that but if we can get bodies back there, now I'm not implementing a seven defender or a sweeper, no way. But if we can get your half forward line midfield, an experienced guy in the middle of the field likes of Brendan Maher, working back, you know, that's what we need to do. We need to congest it back there, have a bit of space up front, and maybe play, you know, Seamus Callan for me now needs to start next weekend, Bonner Maher, maybe Norm McGrath might slot out middle of the field. Now, I do understand Michael's point. There is mileage on the team. And I suppose, even mentally-wise, they've lost a lot of big finals, which is it's heartbreaking. And even to get to another league final and lose it this year, it is heartbreaking. But just knowing, knowing those guys and having been in the dressing room with them, like, you know, they'll be ticked today, they'll be cross and angry, and you hope it comes out in the right way. Now, if you let Cork play next weekend and that turns out to be a shootout game, you could be beaten. But if you can, you know what I mean, really get in Cork's face, like, they don't like that style of play. But, tip, you know, you're hope, hoping that bit that bit will be between the teeth next weekend for that, which wasn't there yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I just actually called up the team that ended up playing against Galway last year. Tipperary's only real performance last year at all. And remember, like, this is, we, this, we had the same conversation last year, that, you know, a really unconvincing league final performance followed by a really flat first uh, outing in the championship. And Tipton actually didn't recover last year until the semi-final against Galway. They had James Barry at full-back, Ronan Maher at centre-back, Pork Maher at seven, Brendan Maher at midfield, you know, uh, Shamie Callan at full-forward. They had the spine that won the Iron the, the previous year after having tinkered around with the team before. So there is, I'm sure, there must be a temptation there for Michael Ryan, stale or not now, to go back to that team for, for next week I, I think there's no doubt he will uh, yeah. he will go back to the Triton Trust and look you don't become a bad team overnight and I have the greatest respect for those players we're talking about they're fantastic hurlers uh, like Owen is saying there but it, it, to just even John McGrath who's young enough to just look a bit look and, 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 and take an Owen's point you know to, to have to close it up a bit at the back because they are being exposed and then you leave space but have they got that real pace up front anymore either that they had like if Callan is not right uh, John McGrath would depend more on touch and, and vision and all that sort of thing rather than pace Noel McGrath is getting on a bit so like I'm not sure to have the actual personnel Bubbles is lacking form um, so it's just they're just going through a tough time And but at, having said that they'll probably 
we'll probably hammer Cork next week and we'll be back, we'll be back <laughs> having a different conversation next week. That's the beauty. And, 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 but one point I've been making since all these draws were being made is is the is the advantage of the home team. It can't. Like, um, I, I did a bit of research for the, for the last couple of leagues. Seventy percent of matches are won by the home team, and you're going to see. You saw that yesterday. All four teams won at home. It is a big, big factor um, in these matches. So it's probably going to take two or three rounds to balance out. And yeah, see where might be as big a factor next week though, Owen, given that Cork don't exactly mind making the trip to Tip. No, and look, Tipper on the ropes, like, and Cork will just love coming up. The motorway, won't they? Coming to Simple Stadium, they love coming there anyway. But it's Cork's pace. Like, no, Michael is right. Tip are not, there's no pace really in their forward line. They're not pace his forward line, you know what I mean? They're stick touch men, you know. But, like, you know, we say if you can block it up at the back and get them handling the ball around the middle of the field, and maybe the likes of Noel McGrand, these guys setting up, that's when they're at their best. Like, when they give those pinpoint passes, we'll say to Jason Ford, Seamus Cannon, and John McGrand, these boys and bubbles, they'll score all day long for you. But, uh, no, I think Cork, uh, Cork for me are are coming up next weekend. If they're two points in the bag, um, they can play with a carefree attitude. That's why I think people win next weekend. I think the heart will come out. It'll be shaky, yeah. But all they want to do is get two points on the board. And I suppose for me, when the game was nearly over yesterday, chasing down a goal with three or four minutes to go, when like scoring difference can, can even come into this new new structure championship you know there was Limerick might have had 10 or 11 lads back defending there was no way you were going to get a goal and tip persisted with trying to get a goal instead of clipping the ball over the bar bringing it down to maybe 4 points or 3 points they were beaten they were well beaten with 5 or 6 minutes to go but uh, you know everything is to play for again but um, Cork, are, Cork are in a great position once you win your first game you feel you're in a great position but all, all could be changed again after next weekend's results yeah yeah uh, Michael, I thought last year was make or break for Clare. Uh, as All-Ireland Champions 2013, they had obviously messed around for a couple of years, had a new manager last year. It has to happen now, and it didn't happen for them last year. Lost a Munster final in really, you know, kind of a substandard way to lose a Munster final. Never really gave it a, gave it a rattle at all. Lost a quarterfinal to Tipperary. They're running out of time, and watching them yesterday, there was still loads of stuff that was admirable in their game, but it's the same story with them. You know, you end up losing by four or five points in a game that maybe that you dominate possession-wise. You've got a load of goal chances. You kind of think, oh, you know, even it was said last night on the television, like, oh, someday it'll click for them. You know, but it hasn't clicked for them for four or five years. Yeah, I think what's keeping them keeping them so competitive is the quality of some of the players that they have. Like, they have fantastic individual players. Um, but the, the big weakness with them, to me, is their decision-making. Uh, you know, it's... Like a lot of times they're shooting, so you should have passed that one, or you should have shot there, and and getting through two and ones and taking it simple. It's nearly like I got my three points, so I'm happy enough. You're like not ruthless enough, and going for the juggler, and and that's coming out. Um, that's coming out in them over the last few years, and like Cork have played them four times now since thirteen, and have bet them the four times, and uh, so you know, it, it. I suppose look, it's easy to sit here and be critical, but the way the game has gone now, look, and I'm. Looking at the teams that are going well, like this, the physicality and the size, particularly of half back lines. Um, let's say Dublin last week against Kilkenny with with Crummy and and Owen O'Donnell and Sean Moore and 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 Barrett. Um, so Limerick across the half back line yesterday. Um, Paulie Foley with Wexford, you know, another player who's had a massive impact. And Matthew Hand, like massive men that and Gareth McInerney with Galway and like that, that are just massively physically imposing and. Taking Owen's point about Tipperary, where they're dropped they're, they're, because of the work rate out the field, they're able to drop that number six maybe back a little bit further. Um, McInerney is expert at it and he gets in there all the time. So there's always a block to the goals. And all these teams are sort of playing that way now. And nearly the short puck out is playing is, is, is suiting them because we're taking a short puck and then poking it long. But these lads are filtering back. 
and you're drawn so you're, you're drawn to half forward line in instead of out what Noel is talking about making room for your full forward line yeah. so it's actually working against teams and it, it's it's great to see in the evolution again because we're talking about long puckouts and Kilkenny hoovered them up for years so people started going different and Kilkenny are going different themselves now they're playing a much shorter game uh, and trying to run it out of the backs which they never did but it's interesting to see and other teams then have changed and I, I just I just see the teams that are really competitive are exceptionally big across the half back line and um, and I think Clare maybe are lacking a bit of that power and drive um, you know and it's down to the personnel you have awfully don't have that sort of pace or size either I was going to make that point it's, it's difficult for any management team so then you get accused of overthinking things and being too tactical but you have to be some way tactical to make up for the deficit in power yeah. well I, I looked I looked at Limerick and uh, I did a bit of commentary for the local radio on the Limerick league match against Offaly and their half back line like the size of them mm-hmm. they were out in front of me like they're 6'4 uh, Dermot Burns is a savage of a man uh, uh, Declan Hannon or they could put Kyle Hayes there who's mm-hmm. probably better suited to centre back and uh, Dan Morris in the other wing and Offaly just couldn't break them down and like even looking at Kilkenny they don't have that they've Killian Buckley's pace and hurling uh, you know they've two new wing backs who are strong lads but, but just I think it's looking at, at, at the real contenders this year and even Mark Ellis yesterday probably had his best game in a long time for Cork that, and the size of him like so it, it, it is a huge factor um, and the bigger counties can look at these maybe athletic figures and getting them onto your squad and getting them in whereas you know maybe smaller counties don't have to pick the human resource mm-hmm. but, but if you can get a guy who's 6-3 or 4 and fit and mobile and strong in the air or, or 3 or 4 of them across your half back line they're very hard to break down Owen, what do you think? Like, it has has the moment passed for this Clare team? Where you know the the idea that they've won their their All Ireland, but they're they're not actually going to be able to get back to that. Yeah, I probably don't see them as All Ireland contenders. To be honest with you, um, I just look. I would have said over the weekend if they had the six defenders that they had in the nineties, you'd have the perfect team. Like you know, they just don't. They seem to concede an awful lot of scores. Two twenty three. Yes, even when they bowed out of the championship last year to Superior, I don't know what it was over twenty five points again. You know, so their concession of scores, like they just cough up easy scores at the back. We'll say, um, you know, but. I would have, yeah, they have some quality players that any team would love to have the Tony Kelly's like Shane O'Donnell for me now, you know, they were saying he was one of the spice boys when he when he started out like but he works harder than any inside man I I know, like do you know what I mean? And if like he could finish with five points every day, it's just he's shooting lets him down the other time. But he's work ethic there and he takes on the man. Like you'd love to have him in Tipperary now because ideal ball winner and his pace and everything but, uh, was, he, was he a bit too I, unselfish I, at times yesterday Owen? I, I, I thought he was winning a lot of ball and playing some, some lovely ball often there were a couple of goal chances created was there more of an opportunity for him to put the head down which is, yeah, which is something like that he loves to, to do I, and just I, go I straight for goal rotate between 11 and 14 I'd like to see him coming on to a couple of balls from 11 there I think he'd open up whole full forward lines you know what I mean we'll say coming on to balls from 11 and that but it's at the back their trouble is like I don't think it's up front really their, their problem is to be honest in Leinster, we had one of these good occasions. You're, you're talking about home and away, and obviously Wexford Park looked like uh, it looked like the fans helped uh, helped the the setup there. It looked like a nice occasion for everybody. Dublin again come out with a certain amount of credit, even though they didn't play maybe as well as against Kilkenny. We seem to be praising the one team who've lost their two games, but given the expectation level, they seem to be getting some plaudits. Yeah, I think one thing about Wexford, it's it's the place to go for atmosphere. It's yeah. like the, I don't know what it is about the Wexford. We've said this many times over the years, but geez, they're they're infectious in terms of their uh, for a team that haven't won all Ireland for you know okay ninety six and back to sixty eight, but their their love of the game is massive. And um, yeah, Conal Keeney was a massive loss. Like the, um, I wasn't in with you, I wasn't talking to you last week after the Kilkenny match. Like. You'd have to be. You'd have to be there to see how well he played against against Dublin um, on someone like Killian Buckley. Like Conal Keeney is thirty five. 
look what he's done for the football. Then the bad injury. Then to come back now and answer the call. And he scored four points in play against Kilkenny, but he also kept Killian Buckley completely out of the game. And when he went off, Killian Buckley, you know, thundered into the game. The last seven, and Paul Murphy beside him, um, where he he was he was closing them down, blocking, hooking, but also winning ball and winning scores. So he was a massive loss. And in the context of their setup, it's Liam Rush and him down the middle, power um, pace uh, with Rush, like just a battering ram. And he was once he was out of it, I, I didn't give them a chance. But I thought like it was a huge performance with a couple of minutes to go, they were right back in it again. And uh, it was very, look, Wexford got over the line. It was huge for them uh, because I think the one game that Offaly realistically, I, you know, I know Wexford and or Galway and Kilkenny have beaten Offaly 12 and 9 points but there was glimmers there in both Offaly matches and I'm not sure we've seen Offaly's best team on the field yet and I'm not saying no, like their resources are limited Yeah you were saying yeah. though a couple of weeks ago that you thought they were really going to target the game next week at home to Wexford Yeah well I think they have to because going to Parnell Park being realistic like Kevin Martin will be going trying to go out to win every match but being realistic he knew they weren't going to beat Galway and more than likely weren't going to go to Kilkenny and beat Kilkenny. So in terms of trying to stay up, to me this is the all Ireland final for Offaly on Sunday. Going to, if you lose that, you've, you've only another few days and back up to Dublin again for their fourth match and tiredness is going to be setting in. Like a lot, of, There's five of their forwards over 30 years of age. Um, so to me this is the one uh, next Saturday evening. Um, but whether whether they're good enough or not, we're just leaving ourselves and again like Owen nearly apologising about a sweeper. Like I, I've obviously been very anti-sweeper but Offaly are given no protection to their backs like against Galway and, and again yesterday. Our two midfielders seem to be out of position all the time. They're, they're trying to stay with their men who are dragging them away from the back line on, say on the Kilkenny puck out yesterday the Kilkenny midfielders were staying way out the field and our lads were staying with them instead of getting back in front of the half back line where traditionally it would always be to support them and it's just leaving our forwards one on one all the time and no matter how good of a defender you are in the modern game you're going to be in trouble so I think Offaly have to tighten up back there Wexford will be favourites but I'm expecting and hoping for a huge Offaly performance Yeah and in ways Dublin have been kind of the story of the summer so far in that they have precisely zero points <laughs> but they're they're the team that's overperforming compared to their their league displays, I suppose, and they still have a chance. I mean, if 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 we have seen glimmers from Offaly, if Offaly do manage to beat Wexford, then, and Dublin manage to pick up two wins, maybe against a Gola team who have already qualified in the last uh, for the Leinster final in the last round, then there's there is still a chance for Dublin to to get something from this. Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, we had heard that the work they were putting in behind the scenes, like sometimes twice a day, was was colossal under Pat Gilroy. And you know, you knew a manager of that uh, stature, that capable, he's a capable guy. You knew they were going to come with something, and and they have, and they're just being unlucky. And it's a work in progress. And I'm actually delighted to see Dublin performing like that. And you know, on on, on a different s- scenario. I hate to see a team being relegated, you know what I mean? So I don't want to see an Offaly or a Dublin going down. I want to see him in the Championship next year. So I think you'd love to see that being looked at, but that's that's for another day. But, uh, you know, Dublin, I suppose, right, I can't see him probably getting through. I still think it's going to be Galway, Kilkenny and, and Wexford are going to come out of Leinster. And, um, you know, but the Dublin... I think everyone's delighted to see him because you know you need you need the Dublin's uh, at hurling at the, at the top the top tier and you look you want Offaly and those guys there as well. But uh, I expected nothing different um, under Pat Gilroy and with Anthony Cunningham involved. You knew they were going to to come with with something and they have in the championship experience to them. Uh, is the acid test of this Kilkenny team coming next week? I mean, you've seen them now both weeks against Dublin and Offaly and struggling mightily to beat the pair of them. Uh, you know, are you entirely convinced? 
Um, some of the hurling has been very good, but there has been, like yesterday, 21 wides, you wouldn't associate that. Um, Colin Fenley came in and made a big difference. Luke Scanlon got four points in the first half, went out of it, was taken off. Um, Brian Cody was on fire on the sideline. Like in a game that they were win- dominating, he was fighting every ball. I don't know where the man gets the passion for the thing. He was incensed by a couple of wide balls given against TJ Reid, and he was going after Barry Kelly. That would be going back a while. So it was very, that was the most entertaining thing about the game, uh, to be honest. Um, it's so, Pierce Stadium next Sunday, of course. So Pierce yeah. Stadium, yeah. Um, so they are, they are a work in progress. Um, like, Said like Martin Kogan didn't play well against Dublin. They, they had seven debutants against Dublin, which was kind of kept quiet in the build up to the game, which was incredible for Kilkenny. And some of them struggled big time. Like Dublin across the half back line, as I said, they were very dominant. But he then yesterday scored three points. Liam Blanchfield had a fine game yesterday, got one, two, or three, and could have got another couple of goals. Uh, Colin Fenley coming back in for another very impressive uh, 20 minutes or so again yesterday. Paul Murphy had a full game under his belt. So I think, uh, again, we probably don't know what team he's sort of, uh, you know, really going to settle on for the full team uh, I think they'll be happy to qualify I don't think they'll beat Galway uh, I, I, I think Galway are a step ahead of everybody else at the moment um, having seen say all the matches we've seen so far uh, they're very settled they're very strong uh, they're playing with like, look there's loads of room for improvement the off the game they were going through the motions but their movement and they, they know how to, they have a game plan they have a settled team and to me they're very focused on retaining the other and I think they'll be very hard beaten Michael, brilliant stuff Owen, hopefully the tip fans listen to your rallying cry there thanks a million <laughs> Cheers guys Off to bed I went My head was fried I didn't even know there was a damn card Absolutely. in the thing. Fucking I was horror. devastated I'd been off the smokes a while Sod that Back on them <laughs> I had a date organised for that night a first date with someone cancelled that My head was gone <laughs> Woke up the following morning and to my absolute amazement, I read this message on my phone. Let me tell you, you only get in this because you're a former player of mine and <laughs> I'm not too sure too many journalists would have got the third time lucky. Hi Richie, sorry the equipment didn't work again, but it's no problem for me to do it again. Maybe see you in Ipswich one day for third time lucky. Best wishes, Mickey. Best wishes, Mickey. I got the job on a Wednesday. I'd been a player up until that, that yeah. Wednesday. Took the training on Thursday. I picked the team on Friday and I took the game on Saturday. So I got the job on a Wednesday. I'd been a player up until that, that yeah. Wednesday. Took the training on Thursday. Picked the team on Friday and I took the game on Saturday. So it's a bit of a whirlwind. Oh God. And I'm just looking down. I think all the red lights are still on. It looks like we've recorded this successfully. Mick, thank you so much for agreeing to do this so many times. Richie, I sincerely hope so because there's no fourth time lucky, let me tell you. Richard Hughes has emailed in to editor at Subject line, saving Gaelic football. You remember this chat we had last week in the World Service? Re-enjoy the chat on Wednesday regarding the state of Gaelic football. Agree with Murph about the eerie silence of games now as teams hand pass and endlessly recycle sideways. As a Tyrone fan now in London, I accept our role in all of this. Rule change suggestions I have heard are. Number one, have a proper tackle like Aussie rules. Would speed up play and stop slow turgid recycling, but probably at cost of more injuries and further bulking up of players. Number two, a shot clock borrowed from basketball. Say 45 seconds. from that. This is a great idea. Mm. 45 seconds from obtaining primary possession it would speed the game and encourage vertical play transformed basketball 50 years ago and we are close to that point I think and number three a limit of hand passes in one possession this has been suggested in a lot of places much talked about 
as our friend Richard says. Who keeps count? Referee. Ah, it's too difficult. How, how can the, the players have to know as well, though? Yeah. Like, the players have to also keep count because otherwise... Well, the, in the international rules, the referee shouts it. So if I hand pass to you, he says one. If you hand pass to Owen, he says two. Right. You know, so the player can follow. But I mean, again, Richard makes the point. That is. Richard makes the point that there's no need for number three if you just go for number two, a shot clock, mm. yeah. because then you can't just endlessly recycle because you're shot. And also, the shot clock creates an incredible moments of drama in basketball, particularly when it gets close to the end of the game. And there's one eye in the shot clock, and there's one eye in the game clock. The real genius players have another thing to think about, which they can use to their advantage. And wind down a shot clock. It's, it's, so it's yeah, but they've got timeouts and all that kind of stuff in basketball. They do. Right? So, that, so that's a bit different from Gaelic football. Yeah, you start the shot clock, I suppose, from when you pass your own forty-five or something like you know, you're, like just when you get possession. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I, I think you'd actually have to start it by crossing some threshold on the pitch, and then the shot clock begins. Well, anyway, I think. But I've got another idea. Thanks for the email, Richard. But I've got one myself here. Go on, go on, on. This is unprecedented. But. Manufacture more footballers like Conor McManus who can shoot a point from the right touchline with his right foot with a big championship game in the balance from about 60 yards. I've literally never seen a ball travel that far. Yeah, clear, let alone clear quite the so post accurately. Clear the post by a good 20 feet. It's one of the most extraordinary points. Uh, Ushing McConville was WhatsApping me this morning saying it was one of the greatest points he's ever seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I don't think anyone would argue with it. I've seldom seen a better point under that sort of pressure. Get, like there's a breeze blowing as well. I mean, mm. it's just sensational. Absolutely outrageous point. Now, I can see a few club managers saying, "Well, should he really be shooting from there?" <laughs> but I suppose when it's Malachy Rourke and uh, Conor McManus, I think the rules are temporarily. Yeah. McManus does take on the odd mad shot, especially in the international rules. This time yeah. you're thinking, oh, "Come on, mate, you can't be shooting the whole time." But then he does consistently score heavily in that competition as well. So yeah. gotta let genius and clutch football. Runs, of clutch yeah, football yeah, yeah. yesterday. Outrageous from Conor McManus. Not a bad Saturday sport lined up next week, the Champions League final, preceded by Leinster trying to become the first team to do the European Cup Celtic League double in the rugby. We're going to build up to that one during the week on the World Service. But Simon, what did you make of the weekend's game against Munster? Just a really surprisingly low standard, again, from both sides. A bit like the (laughs) European Cup final. And it's really strange at this stage of the season when the players have been together for so long, the coaches have had so much influence for the standard to actually go down and it wasn't due to tiredness or anything like that. Ah, well, it is on the Leinster side of things. I mean, come on, they're on the pace for two days after the last... They had to shuffle a few things and they actually had far more skill than Munster. Yeah. Um, But they did start to get more air strewn in the second half. Maybe that was tiredness, but Munster certainly have the bigger issues in that area. Peter Manny was talking afterwards and he rarely speaks his mind, I think. That's pretty fair to say. So when he does say something that has a bit of heft to it, he's just saying guys have got to understand that we have to take another step in a couple of aspects of our game. The good thing is that a lot of them are stuff you can improve on. I wouldn't say quite quickly, but they can be improved on. And Van Graan was saying more or less the same thing, not quite as specific, just saying that their passing is the main issue. And you'd sort of agree with that, especially based on the semi-final against Leinster. Because their pack stood up to Racing more or less besides the line out and they started to dominate Leinster in the second half. And the likes of James Crone and Reese Marshall, they've tons of options in there. Their back row is every bit as good as Leinster's in terms of talent. And they stood up to Leinster's at the weekend. So you would say their pack will keep them in or maybe even dominate in 90% of games. So if they can sort their line out, that's probably okay. But their backs definitely let them down at the weekend. And even their best players, like such as Zebo, his passing went awry. But 
the passing is like Van Gran is saying it's something we can sort, maybe not in the short term. Peter Manny is saying it is something that can solve yeah, relatively quickly. But actually passing is way more than just a technique like the shape of your hips or how it releases out of your hands and something that a skills coach could work on. It's about like the timing. It's when you choose what pass, the short pass, the inside pass, whatever it may be. Uh, it's vision. It's all those things that are really, really either take years to learn or a brilliant coach or in some players' cases it, it never comes at yeah, all. Yeah, some of the ones on Saturday they were literally just throwing his touch. You know, there were a couple yep. of, uh, some of them were into touch and forward. <laughs> it was it was yeah. a real array of just crazy passes. And I, I noticed that on Manny interview afterwards as well. I, I took his point in that what he, what he said, if we were beating out the gate, if we just didn't turn mm. up, I'd be more worried about that because you just, you can't fix that. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but that's a pretty low bar to be setting as Munster captain that he knows full well that mm. that you need more than that that you need high skill levels as well I thought he had a kind of resigned look about him as though he realised how far behind Leinster they are yep. like Leinster were celebrating for a couple of days Leo Cullen said they barely had any time to coach properly during the week yep. they were six way, changes from the European six changes yeah. they were no, no sex and no headshot yeah. and, and yet still Munster weren't you know they, 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 they were in with a shot the grobler try the probably wasn't a try it was so late on that it wasn't going to make yeah, a I'd difference be, I'd be a bit worried about Munster about yeah. whether or not they can kick on and make finals next year completely and they're losing their best passer in Zebo, who was terrible in the first half. He got run over by James Lowe. He got run round by James Lowe. He threw a pass that was nearly an inter- intercept to Jordan Larmer. Uh, at one stage, he ran sort of for 40 metres looking for the right pass and eventually passed to Earls, who just had no option but to go into touch. And then he got caught by Ringrose as well for a follow-through when he should have eluded him. And yet, he is their best passer. He was their only way they were going to get back into the game. He was the one who released Earls for the try. And he has the sort of personality, same as when he came on in the semi-final against Racing, that he'll just keep trying things. He wants to be the star of the show, and they need a couple of players like that in the back line. Because I felt their centres are sort of listening too much to what their admittedly good coaches are saying, such as Felix Jones, but listening too much and not just sort of trusting their own instinct a little bit. That comes from inexperience, comes from youth, comes from just never having sort of won anything or played enough together. But you don't know yet if they're good enough to progress that level. Level. Peter Manny says they can do it in the short term. I'm not so sure. Ulster beat the Ospreys. If people saw any of this game, they were deserved winners, but they needed to to salvage something from a horrible season. Their coach John O'Gibbs leads them so to the promised land of Champions Cup rugby next year. He did it without his best players: Charles Pietau, Rory Best, Ian Henderson, and more. Either started injured or went off injured during the game, and there's been. An unprecedented run of off-the-field issues there at the club, obviously. I think it's a so. fair comment, though. Yeah, yeah, Unprecedented so. run of off-field issues. So, John O. Gibbs, surely was due a nice, easy opener after the match from the BBC Northern Ireland reporter, yeah? What's next, Dan? Is it Waikato or is it La Rochelle? Uh, well, it's uh, it's making sure that the, the rest of the packing's all done. Um, we've got to clean the house and got to get a, get a flight on Wednesday. So that's the next thing that'll be done. But uh, seriously, we've been criticised... Uh, throughout the year for performance and all that other garbage but you just I feel good about what they've displayed today because that came from the group that came from within them and uh, they should be really proud of what they what they showed today. Can you understand why people have criticised you while you were in France on a Thursday ahead of this game on the Sunday? Uh, not really no I think um, if you look at it uh, the question is probably did preparation get compromised um, no it didn't it was a player's day off 
and the fact was it was a bizarre game and that we had three weeks to prepare for this game anyway. So there wasn't a lot of detail that needed to be covered off. Uh, players down day, uh, I've got an, a life outside of Ulster rugby as well and uh, you know I think the question being was uh, performance compromised? No it wasn't. Is there a sore taste in this relationship you leave Ulster with or is it good? Why would you ask that mate? Mate, I, I just said, I've just had a great experience working with people. It's been a difficult year. There's no sour taste. So I know you've got to ask that, but I don't know why you want to carry on with that. The background to that, Ken, is that Gibbs was supposed to be going home to New Zealand. and For undisclosed family reasons. Also, Rugby said, OK, that's OK. You're going home. You'll coach at Waikato. We'll sort out your contract. Don't, don't worry about that. That's, we'll sort out all that. That element let you go early. And suddenly the stories emerged last week that he's over in France having talks with La Rochelle <laughs> about a job there slightly different from moving home to New Zealand So the other significant thing about that Ulster win of course is that for Joey Carberry uh, his excuse to not go to Ulster is weakened a little bit if, they, if Ulster had lost that game he could definitely say look there's no future for me at Ulster if there's no European Cup next year whereas I don't know it, watching the game sort of clarified a little bit just how much sense it would make for him to go to Munster and if he wants to go there and Munster want him then it seems like a perfect symbiotic relationship but with Ulster winning maybe again there's just a bit more pressure on him to to move north that's pretty much it thanks very much Murph thank you Owen thank you Ken thanks very much Simon thank you Owen thank Thank you you. thanks very much Ken thanks a million for listening and Ken safe travels buddy The boys of Liverpool will win. We safely land and call myself the fool. The goals the began to boil. Temper I was Lewis and Poor all there in Zile. They began abusing her. Sorry, mate. Is there a Wi Fi? What a boy you are. He knew why I'd come. That's actually my seat. Wi Fi workers. I don't know what you're talking about. We've actually just been told to sit anywhere. You want Wi Fi workers? The seat numbers don't count. Hunt the hair and turn her down the rocky road and all the ways to double the McFarlane. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.